Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, on this glorious Monday morning. And I say glorious because the Saints won a game. I mean, look, I still enjoy beating the Rams. Uh, This isn't a, you know... I worry about the here and now and what's going on right now. But as a lifelong Saints fan, it all fits into the big picture. Um, Because of how messed up this season's been with another season of just having nothing but a mash unit and not even really playing football. Just it's just it's just a mash unit every week. And, um, you know, we kind of dropped the ball a little bit, or I dropped the ball, not we, on um, continuing what we started the year with the uh, do, with the historical perspective. But whether I do it on the air or not, it's still there. I mean, you know, I can all the – there are so many – I mean, there's some great wins over the Rams, but most of the time against the Rams, you know, you – you have the Flipper Anderson game, and and uh, you know I can remember the the, the great um, George Rogers running the fake reverse, going fifty five yards and beating the Rams twenty nine fourteen. You know his rookie year that that was a great great win, and so they they've had some nice wins over the Rams, and of course two of my favorite wins of all time most. Most of my favorite regular season wins of all time came into into Aaron Brooks, Jim Hazlitt era. I mean, they they had some great wins against the Yucks, but they had some great wins over the, over the Rams, the greatest show on turf Rams. So, and then you know you think of the times that the the Saints were way better than the Rams, and they they just played terrible, and and bad Rams team beat them. You know when Breeze had that silly little streak that everybody wants to wanted to talk about, um, where he consecutive games with touchdown passes. They played a game against the Rams where it, it, it really ended. Like they got totally dominated in the game, and he threw a touchdown, meaningless touchdown pass with like I don't know. I'm just throwing out in like 20 seconds to go or something at the very end of a game that it, the touchdown didn't even matter, and it extended the streak. But really, it it did. And um, so I still appreciate all wins over the Rams, which is why I say it was glorious. And obviously, you know, it it was great to see Batman used again. Uh, Seemed like he hadn't been used in three weeks. But, you know, so there was certainly some good things. And, again, the game hotline is 706-0111. If you would like to get in and discuss what you like or didn't like or whatever. But, you know, again, the Saints played the Rams. The Saints, 
you know, yesterday my daughters were like, oh, that's ugly. Look at those. You know, I mean, I think they're great. I, I love the old mustard jersey. I, I love them because, again, when I fell in love with the Saints, that's they kind of look like that. They were wearing that. And, you know, at some point in the Saints history, they decided that they were ashamed of the fleur-de-lis, so they wanted to make it really small. I love the big fleur-de-lis. I loved yesterday's uniforms. That that also made yesterday. Not only did they look old school for when, you know, way back when when the Saints weren't really good. Uh and but it, it just kind of gave you that feel of, of beating the Rams. Like the Rams in the 70s, they won the division like every year. Like every year. And so, you know, and they would just line up and run the ball. And Cullen Bryant, oh, he was just humongous. And Lawrence McCutcheon, and you just hate all those people. And 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 so it, it just gave you, it gives you a great feeling beating the Rams. And, you know, the Rams, like, like I said, when the season started, and I, I really messed up by, I didn't pick them to win their division, but I picked them as a, I didn't think the NFC was going to be very strong, and it's not. So I picked them as a wild card, but, that I I misjudged how big, you know. I figured they might go nine and eight or something like that, and and, and sneak in as a wild card. But uh, you know that that, like I said, they were the poster child for a medicine season. You can't be in L.A. and have a punk coach like they have, and do all the trash talking they did the whole off season, and overcome a medicine season. I mean, it's just that, that that's just they 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 again were the poster child for a medicine season because they don't know how to be focused and humble, you know, they they're la la land. They're LA. I mean, they're Hollywood. So I mean, they have to do that. I mean, they live for the banquet circuit and they live to be talk about how great they are. I mean, they had no chance of overcoming a medicine season cuz they feed it. Um they just feed it. So, it, it, look, it was great beating the Rams. No question. No question. It was great beating the Rams. Again, the other thing that really just works against the Saints, and, and it's and it's it this year, besides all the injuries, and, and it's just so many of them, uh, is the schedule. You know, again, I lo- like last week, all these people say, oh, it shouldn't matter. Well, the Steelers put up 30 points yesterday. Against what y'all tell me is a good football team. Put up 30 points. They didn't put up 30 points on a tired, beat-up Saints defense. They put up 30 points yesterday. So that team that the NFL scheduled a loss for last week, everybody said, well, that shouldn't matter. They're terrible. Well, they were terrible enough to put up 30 points yesterday. That's what they were terrible enough to do. But, um, no, the schedule just really works against the Saints. And, and again, it's like I always say, it's not who you play, it's when you play them. Like, if they had played the Cheaters in week two or three, they might have had a shot. Might have had a shot. Right now, they got no shot. I mean, they got no shot. Now, look, again, great win yesterday. There were some good things that happened. It's fun to watch Batman play. It's fun to see him complete a pass. Fun to see him. Look, they did some good things. They kind of got back to what they were doing three and four and five games ago instead of, you know. Of course, Pittsburgh, again, it was just an unfair situation. And and, and they 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 weren't going to be able to. And they don't have any running. They still don't have any running backs. Like, I, 
they still don't have any running backs. <laughs> it, 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 it just amazes me. But anyway, it is um, it was a great win. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about next week already, even though it's Monday. Um, and we'll, you know, we've got, well, I'd say the rest of the week, we've got Thanksgiving week, so it's a short week. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to next week. Um, LSU played, you know, a game that was, they expected to win, and, and I, didn't, I didn't see any of it, but they, um, they won. The Cajuns, it was not pretty. It was was not pretty. <laughs> McNeese got a win. Uh, let, let, let's just let, let 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 I'll just in in let's just hope please Dr. Magner never schedule Florida State again for many many reasons. Please never schedule Florida State again. We'll just be nice and and, and put a stop and, and and in that at that the assessment of that trip there. But it has nothing to do with football. But anyway, um McNeese got a win, like we kind of thought, and so it, it, it's good for them as well. So, look, anytime when you're having a rough season, when you get a win, especially against an old rival, it 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 it, it you just you just get to sleep easy that night, smooth, and it's nice. So you got to appreciate all wins. That's a great thing about not being good. You get to appreciate the wins a little more than when you're when you're really good because when you're really good then the wins are just a means to an end. It's not a means to an end. This is just played an old rival, having a rough season, you got to contribute to it. That feels good. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey Kevin, thanks for taking my call. Thank you for calling, sir. Uh, yeah man. Hey, this is Ryan from Lake Charles. First off, I want to talk about the Saints, but I want to say congratulations to Coach Goff and the Manese Cowboy players. The team was totally different from game one to game 11. They grew so much, and I'm so excited about the future for the folks. Now, moving on to the Saints, I'm pretty sure somebody had to tell Pete Carmichael to get Taysom involved in the offense because that dude wouldn't do it on his own. Uh, But if you think about it, we don't have a first-round pick, and it looks bleak for the quarterback situation for the Saints for years to come. What's your take on that, Kevin? And you look around the NFL, there's not a starting caliber backup quarterback in the NFL. I'll hang up to listen. All right, thanks. No, it's not good, which it, the I mean, the quarterback scenario for the future looks very murky. That's why, why that's precisely why, other than, you know, it was strange yesterday because. Andy Dalton, you look at his the Saints one, that's good. He's a quarterback, that's good. Uh, he had good numbers, that's good. And yet, Jonathan Vilma yesterday did a great job as the game was going on of explaining why Andy Dalton as your quarterback is so frustrating. But in addition to that, um, there's no future with Andy Dalton. And so you have a guy who might be your future, He's been with your team three years now. In my opinion, he hasn't played in a real football game yet. And what I mean by that is a game that you can really analyze. Like last year, he played in what, five games or, you know, whatever, four, five, six games. They were spoon feed him the whole time. It was, you know, they were going through all that COVID junk. And it was just, it wasn't real. It was, it, it was a game that counted, but it wasn't a game you could really evaluate him in. 
And then this year, he plays all hurt for three games. And, you know, that it was team, those were just preseason games. They don't really count in evaluating anything. And, and, and so he still has never played in a real football game. And so now he's benched as an injured player who, who, who apparently you've already decided he can't be your future when he's never played in a real game. That's why it's just so I get to hear it now and we can have that discussion. But again, to Ryan's point, like it looks pretty bleak. Very murky. The the future of the quarterback situation you have. You might think, well, he's terrible. How do we know he's terrible? He's never played in a game like to Troy's point. And Troy's guilty, you know, on, on both sides. He he's trying to tell everybody how good Tua was, folks. If if Tua played for like the Chicago Bears, or if he played for the Miami Dolphins, and they didn't get Tyreek Hill, and they didn't get this head coach, we would still think he's terrible. Everyone would be talking about how bad Tua is, but he looks good because he got a coach who obviously is, you know. Really good offensive football mind. And they've got the most explosive receiver on the team. So now he has weapons and a coach who knows how to run an offense and play physical football. So so he looks good. Well, what well, well, I thought he looked terrible. Well, that's because he didn't have this coach in Tyreek Hill last year. <laughs> I mean, we have this idea that everybody's great if they look great and everybody's terrible if they look terrible, but there are factors that lead into that because it's a team game. Like, how does anybody know what Jameis can do? He hasn't played in a real game with anybody around him. And so we have no idea what the future is. That's a great question. And we'll, apparently we're never going to know if Jameis is because now he's alienated. He's done. I mean, he's gone. I mean, there's no way they're going to be together next year. I don't see any possible way. So that's, again, maybe he wasn't an answer. But we're never going to know. And we're never going to find out now because it's too far gone. That was stupid. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Yeah, hey, Kevin. Uh, kind of to your point, you know, everyone was talking about good Patrick Mahomes played last night. But, like, he threw five yards to Travis Kelsey. And, you know, Travis Kelsey just. Yeah, how hard is that uh, to do? Bounce yeah. off of people, yeah. you know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, speaking of tight ends, um, no, I, I'm not, you know, before the year started, people were, you know, one of the questions was who was going to be the breakout player for, you know, the Saints or whatever. But don't you think Jawan Johnson, bro, that dude has, like, a promising future? He worked, like, really hard to be a tight end. You know, he, he looks the part. Well, absolutely. Saying, you know, it's so funny because at the beginning of the year, obviously the big question mark was quarterback in most people's minds. But – Two of the big, if I'd have told you at the beginning of the year that Cesar Ruiz was going to play better than he had and that the tight end position, who everybody told me was the biggest weakness on the team, and I, and I, and I never really bought into all that, and, and that the tight end position was actually going to show progress and be one of the strengths of the, of the passing game, we'd have said, oh, every, most people who were down in the Saints were like, oh, man, they were gonna, then they're going to be better than I thought because the defense was supposed to be good and it's been miserable. And, you know, everything else that is going on with all the injuries and everything. It's unbelievable, but you're correct, yes. Anyways, 
yeah, I got laughed at for bringing up Jawan Johnson, but I think he's like – He's probably one that, you know, he's a promising young player, dude. No, he is. And look, Troutman's not done anything fancy, but he's been solid. Yeah. Um, No, the tight end position was – the the ills of the tight end position, as I suspected, were totally overrated. The problem is everything else fell apart. Yeah. It's great to win and stuff like that. You know, we had a good time. But, like, you're right. You know, what do we get from that win? You know, besides feeling good – it's like put Jameis out there. Well, we, yeah. How many times? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, like, how many times? We, you, you saw that pass Andy Dalton made to Chris Olave. How many times do you think that's going to happen? Well, the yeah. problem is, it, I, I could be wrong because we kind of remember what we want to remember, but is that like the first one in like six weeks? Like, when was the last time he actually threw the ball down the field? Right, exactly. I mean, that was great. But, again, that's a Jameis play. That is exactly. that play to Olave is a Jameis play. That's what this offense has been missing. And a running back, having an NFL running back to run the ball. But, I mean, again, everyone says, oh, you see Andy Dalton. Well, no, that's a Jameis play. That's what we've been waiting for. Andy Dalton hadn't thrown that pass in six weeks. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, how many times do you expect Andy Dalton? That's so not like, going to – yeah. That's... Do you think we could have won with Jameis out there? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, why – I just, it's like we're spinning our wheels. You know what I'm saying? We're not oh, getting no. anywhere with Andy Dalton. Absolutely. Put Jameson and I, see what you get. I, 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 absolutely. But, again, that's too far going out because they've already alienated him with all this yeah. foolishness off the field. Oh, uh, dude. And, like, you could tell. You could see, like, you know, his interview. Like, he was just hurt, you know. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. You, you just can't, can't help but feel for the guy, you know. I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the call. We'll take a timeout. We'll get back into it. It's a Monday. Lots of things to discuss. Open phone lines for two hours on the game. Hotline 706-0111. We'll be back on the game. You may debate which Thanksgiving side dish to serve this year. Green bean casserole or sweet potato casserole. Yummy. Classic stuffing or oyster dressing. Hashtag yummy. But there is no debate when it comes to who cooks up the very best sports talk. The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to The Game, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Remember the game hotline is 706-0111. 1-1. Remember, Lyle Lovett and the Acoustic Group are coming to the Hyman Performing Arts Center on Friday, February the 24th. You don't want to miss this incredible night of music. Tickets are currently on sale, and you can get them at Ticketmaster.com. Once again, get your tickets today at Ticketmaster.com to see Lyle Lovett and the Acoustic Group at the Hyman Performing Arts Center on Friday, February the 24th. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. I would love to hear, and at some point, maybe um, Andy will be asked about it. The, the whole little stretch of plays, and David referred to him. That really turned the game around in the Saints' favor. 
was they run that silly uh, trick play, which was awful, an awful call. They run it, and again, Vilma, that was one of the plays where Vilma really showed, like, what in the world is Andy Dalton doing? They run it. Z28 is wide open, and he takes a sack. I mean, he loves to take sacks, Andy. Now, look, I appreciate not just always like being like Tom Brady where you're under pressure and you just throw the ball up for grabs. If you throw an interception, who cares? I appreciate that. I don't like just willy-nilly. But it seemed like after all, the, he, he, he doesn't know how to just throw the ball away. I, I just I don't understand how Andy Dalton, and we'll get to that with the Cajuns as well, you, you got to throw the ball away. I, I, I look. Everybody takes sacks. Some sacks are just unavoidable. I get that. But like, like what was he doing on that play? And so they lose. You know, they get to um, second and twenty-three after taking a thirteen-yard sack with uh, your supposed best player wide open on the play. Um. And and, and they end up getting a touchdown on that drive, which is tremendous. But again, that 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 I don't know. That's not a repeatable situation. It's just not, and it hasn't happened all season. He hasn't even hardly thrown the ball more than twenty yards in in six weeks. With the, I mean, maybe there's one or two that I'm forgetting, but he hasn't thrown those plays in forever. And so, look, it was tremendous that it worked yesterday. But that's not what they've been doing. And look, every time. Every time that he drops back on third and six and he throws the ball quickly for four yards and they punt on fourth and two, I'm sure everyone is not his fault. It just seems that way. First of all, when was the last time 41 made anyone miss in the open field? That, that just never happens anymore, ever. Maybe that's because he's a dump truck. And dump truck, that's what they've turned him into. And so dump trucks can't make people miss in the open field. But I, I when was the last time, really, he made someone miss? I, I, I don't know. Never happens. But anyway. Um, but again, it's just, it ended up great yesterday. And, and look, he had good numbers. And if Andy Dalton was five years younger, we'd all be excited. I'm not saying he's playing terrible. I've never once said he's playing bad. I've, every time someone has asked me, about Andy Dalton, I've said he's played better than I thought he would. Because I thought, I mean, I, I really, again, I always like having a veteran quarterback, so I appreciate that he's a veteran. He's handled the situation for the most part very well, and I'm not saying he's terrible. He's not terrible. He's not. But there's no future with him. There's none. None. If he was five or six years younger and wasn't 0 and 642 in primetime games, then there would actually be some hope. It wouldn't be that bad, but that's not the situation we're in. Um, it's just not. And so I, I just don't know what they're doing. Now, look, understand the Saints made a huge push for a quarterback in the offseason. Remember, they wanted Deshaun Watson, and they tried. Now, they were willing to only go so far to get Deshaun Watson because what the Browns did was just, you know, 
they went over the top. I still think from a football standpoint, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pay off big time for the Browns, big time. Now, in the court of public opinion, it, it is not, you know, the public relation. It, it's a disaster. It's a nightmare public relations-wise. But I still think long-term, football-wise, it's going to pay big dividends for the Cleveland Browns. And, of course, that's <laughs> – the Saints still have to play them. And if Watson comes back and plays great and is the difference in the game, it's going to go back to what I just said at the last segment. It's not who you play. It's when you play them. I mean, it's just – it's when you play them. And, again, some of that is just luck. I mean, it's just the way it goes. But um, I just – Yesterday, again, the win was great, but it's still, like, it astonishes me. We asked um, Luke about it on Thursday, and why is this team so bad against the run? Like, I understand they're injured, but, man, they even when, when they were most – even when the front seven was mostly there, which has been most of the season – until recently, the front seven on defense has been the mo- was the most healthy part of the team until like two or three weeks ago, and they haven't stopped a run all season. Like they, they have just played arguably the two worst rushing teams in the NFL, and the Steelers and the Rams are certainly two of the worst. And those they're running all over them. Now they didn't get the amount of big runs yesterday that the Steelers did in Pittsburgh. In that unfair game. But they still got five and six yards on first down running the ball way too often. Way too often. Now, there were a couple of scenarios in yesterday's game where you and me and almost all everyone who was a fan other were like, well, this is what's about to happen. Why are they doing this? This is what's about to happen, and it's not going to end up good. And it ended up good. So sometimes what we think is about to happen or what we're totally convinced is about to happen on this play, like the scenario we just talked about, when, when they took the 13-yard sack, how many of us thought the Saints were about to score a touchdown on that play? With a quarterback who does nothing but check down every play. Second and 23 checkdowns, that that doesn't work. And so that was one. There was another one where the the Rams were going for it and and they didn't get it because, I mean, when was the last time the Saints stopped someone on 31? Like, it never happens anymore, ever. used to happen a lot. Never happens anymore. Of course, they ran one. They ran with the silly little speed sweep, which I thought was a bad play call, although that's worked against the Saints. And then that one play where Peyton Turner gets hurt. And again, if there's anything, if there's anything that is in a clear illustration of what the last two seasons have been like, was Peyton Turner makes a great play on fourth down, gets great penetration, botches, just messes up, blows up the play. The Saints get the ball, and he gets hurt on the play because someone rolls him from behind. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Like, he's actually played, made some plays in the last two or three weeks, Bain Turner. And he's starting to pick up some steam and get some playing time. And, well, this guy might actually be something. We'll see. And he gets hurt. 
It's just, it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But again, that that's just clear. That's that's what the last two years have been. It's just injury after injury after injury after in, and it just never stops. It just never stops. I mean, the, like right now, what are they out? Four offensive linemen and four defensive linemen, or three or four on each on each side of the ball. Like they're just. They're about to play on Sunday afternoon, if not the best line of scrimmage team, one of the top three teams on the line of scrimmage in the whole league. And they're playing they're 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 gonna more than likely be out six or seven starters in the trenches against one of the best line of scrimmage teams in the whole league. I'm not going to say I, – I, I'm tempted to say they have zero chance to win the game. But I'll say they're, they're going to be on the team. I think they're going to make the trip. As long as the, as long as the flight lands and they can actually get on the field without anyone getting hurt, then theoretically you have a chance the other team could, could throw – you could have three pick sixes and the other team could fumble four times. I mean, that could happen. Don't know if it's ever happened, but it could happen. So you can't say zero chance because they do have a drop back quarterback. They do have that. And there's a there's always the chance you could get like a plus three or plus four. But short of that, they have no chance of winning this game. Like they they just don't match up with this team at all. Now, if they were healthy, they match up in theory because they have a drop back quarterback. He's not a runner. But um, they they don't match up with this team at all. So they have just above zero chance to win this game. Zero. <laughs> they're just not. They're just, how are they going to compete on the line of scrimmage? How? They couldn't compete with the Rams on the line of scrimmage with three starters out on the offensive line. <sighs> I don't know. It's going to take a miracle, and I'm all for it. I'm all for it. We can pray and then. All week, and then if it happens, certainly give thanks on, on on Sunday if that miracle happens. But it's going to take a miracle. But again, I, I don't want that to to muddy up or to take anything away from. It was a glorious win. You played the Rams and you won, so you got it. You got to appreciate it. No question about that. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. <laughs> There is nothing worse on Thanksgiving than sitting at the table eating a piece of dry turkey. Water. Water, please. (laughs) Your turkey may be like eating cardboard, but there's nothing dry about the sports talk here at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Kevin Foot Footnotes on the game. Want to remind you the Christmas comes early sweepstakes where you could win a $500 Visa gift card presented by Armentar Jewelers. Simply enter the game 
Rewards Club. This is one of the examples. We always urge you to do that. This is one of the, um, you know, seasonal or whatever. Um, every once in a while, you're going to get a chance in addition to the ones that we always talk about to win a great prize. And here it is. If you join the Game Rewards Club, you put yourself in position to win a $500 Visa gift card. Um, thanks to Ormontar Jewelers, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Boy, would your wife be glad you could either use it to purchase her a great Christmas gift or you could give it to her to buy the Christmas gifts, and so she would have more money in which to do so. So that that is a win. That is a win-win either way you go. That that is tremendous. By the way, even if the turkey is a little dry, just put some gravy on it. That's you know, I mean, to me, you, you, you I'm really good at. Uh, you got to use combinations. You know, it's the old. Um, accessorize is not really doesn't really apply to food. But for me, it does. Like I have the ability to mix and match foods and 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 make it work for me. You you, you gotta you gotta have a little creativity when you eat. You might as well have fun when you eat. To me, so one I like it to kind of have a little color. So that's part of why it's not reason one, two, or three, but it's one of the reasons why I like putting corn in my spaghetti. Kind of that that blend looks good, gives it a little color. As Hannah shakes her head in disgust, but got 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 to give it a little color. So no, I love like. At church yesterday, we had a uh, a little the old Thanksgiving meal at the church, and it you know you had all this stuff on top of one another, and all the colors mixing together, and it, it was it's just tremendous, tremendous. That's the way that you got to have fun with it. At least I try to do when it's food. I I, I love Thanksgiving because I, I I just love to eat, and I love you know I'm not I, I'm more of a meal person than I am a dessert person, but. It is kind of cool when part of the meal is like a dessert because if you do sweet potato casserole right, it's be- it's essentially a dessert as part of your meal. Don't tell me you don't like sweet potato casserole. I don't. Oh, <laughs> how can you? It's awesome. Mm-mm. It's if it's done right, it's like candy. It's like candy. Oh yeah, it's like eating candy. I can't even eat sweet potato fries by themselves. I'd have like ketchup on top. Wait, can't you can't eat- do what? Like sweet potato fries, I can't eat those. That's my ketchup. Ketchup? I got you. Well, sweet potato <clears throat> fries, they're so good they don't need ketchup. Mm-mm. Like, I, and I, look, I love ketchup. I put ketchup on fries, but I'm not going to put ketchup on sweet potato fries. Oh, no, I got to. If they salt them correctly, I might not have to, but normally, yeah, I have to. But um, I really don't care for sweet potatoes at all. I like them. I can tell. <laughs> I, like I feel it. like you're like, like salivating right no, now. You're so hungry for it now. I, I, I like it. I, I, I'm good with that. No question. All right. The game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. I mentioned the Cajuns game at Florida State, and obviously that was um, not a pretty sight. The Cajuns are without starting quarterback Ben Wildridge now. Uh, when you say for the rest of the season, hopefully it's two games, could just be one game. Um, the thing we talked about quite a bit last week was that if the game got ugly early, which it did, were they going to pull players? And it the game did get ugly. I mean, Florida State could have scored a hundred points if they won. I don't, I don't know that they could have stopped them. 
but they were very nice. They pulled their starters, and it all was, you know, went like it was supposed to. And you know, after they were down, you know, twenty-eight nothing right off the bat. Um, but Coach Dez, they didn't pull players. Like they didn't, you know. I, maybe they would have pulled Ben had he been healthy and was playing and they'd have put Chandler in the game. We don't know that. Maybe they would have done that. But uh, they didn't really pull a lot of players because basically what he decided to do was, like, we got to get some momentum. We got to do something right in this game. And so he, I guess he figured the best way to do that is to keep the players in. Now, we'll, we'll know a little more today. Again, college football is nothing but a big CIA operation now. That's all it is, and I blame Tucktail for that. I just can't stand. But anyway, um, behind the CIA CIA operation, it's um, you 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 just you don't know how how it really is, but it seems like they came out of it reasonably healthy. Now, obviously, they didn't. They're not healthy at quarterback, but that happened in practice. That didn't happen in the game in Tallahassee on Saturday. So, for the most part, the fear of man, you better get them out of there because you don't want to get someone hurt against Florida State. That's going to hurt your chances of beating Texas State. Um. So that that's real. Like that was a real concern, but it didn't seem to happen. So. Other than, obviously, the whole situation with Ben, which is not good, but it is, uh, you know, and and the thing that was a shame about that is they had really, he had been playing pretty well. They had developed some sort of continuity in the passing game, and then that happens, and it's so hard to judge one of these blowout games because – did the did the offense look good in the first half? No, the offense looked terrible in the first half, other than running the ball here and there some. But that doesn't mean that offense would do terrible against Texas State's defense. But you say, well, the offense did pretty well against their fairly well against their second and third stringers, but that doesn't mean it's going to do well against Texas State either. You know, it's just so hard to judge anything that you get out of a, you know, a mismatched blowout game. Um, we've talked about it before. The Cajuns absolutely own Texas State. They've done it since the beginning. They've never lost to them. They've never played a single-digit game against them. Every game that they've won is in the series, and I'd have to look it up, but it's like 9-0 and or 10-0 and or something like that now. Every single one of them has been a double-digit victory. And most of them, one or two of those have been actually competitive games that they just ended up winning by double figures. Like the one two years ago in San Marcos was one of these. It was a Halloween night game, and it was, you know, turnover after turnover after turnover after turnover. And in the end, it was just a crazy game with humongous big plays on both sides of the field. And when the game was over, the Cajuns won by, I don't remember, 10 or 11 points or something. I think 10 points. But it was actually a pretty competitive game that they could have lost with all the turnovers had things going a different way, but they didn't. 
Um, but most of them have been just blowouts. Uh, so you could say the Cajuns own Texas State. That would be an accurate statement. But and Texas State's already out of it. It's the end of the year. You know, a lot of people think their coach is, you know, done. And and, and so it's just like, um, you know, what do they have left? You don't know how a team is going to play in that scenario. So it might work out anyway. <clears throat> but I'd feel a whole lot better if Ben was the quarterback just because he had developed some rhythm and right now, I don't know if there is any rhythm to the passing game. Now, it might be that they're just better in Texas State, and I think they are, and it, that part will just work itself out. I, what I like is the way they've been running the football. Even on Saturday, they got – they didn't run for a ton of yards, 130-some yards, but they they got, even in the first half, four and five and six yards running the ball fairly often. And so if when you're playing Texas State, I think that's going to be more often and more of those five- and six-yard runs might be eight-, nine-, and ten-yard runs against Texas State. And so I, I still have confidence in the continuity of the offensive line and they're running the ball. And, I, you know, I like Draylon Washington. And asking Coach Dez about him after the game Saturday, he said early on he was making too many mistakes. I'm sure that has to do with like maybe hitting the wrong holes or not picking up blitzes and that kind of stuff. But it sounds like he's gotten better and cleaning that up a little bit as as he gets towards the end of the year. And I just like the way he runs. Man, I wish the Saints had someone like him. Now, not him. He's obviously not ready to play in the NFL, but someone like him. A physical downhill runner. Wish the Saints had that. But anyway, I, I, I think that they're going to be able to win the game running the football and throwing here and there. Now, look, it's sports. We don't know what's going to happen. They might come out chunking it, and Chandler might have the best game he's ever played. Good for him if that happens. I'm just saying on this side of the fence, and good for the Cajuns if that happens, but I'm saying on this side of the fence, I'm still a little leery about what the passing game and the continuity of the passing game is going to have. So I, I think their bread and butter needs to be running the football, and they should be able to do that against Texas State. So we'll see what happens. That's still, what, five days away, but it, it's a huge game, and if they win, uh looks like they'll be good for making a bowl, but got to do it first. All right, take a timeout, come back, finish out the first hour next on the game. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, man. I love the song and the sentiment. I don't know if it's true, but I love the song and the sentiment. Welcome back to Footnotes. Want to remind you, you can listen to all your favorite Christmas classics or local Cajun Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Nonstop Christmas music 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. You can listen live at lachristmaschannel.com. 
Com or download the free app on both your Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. So listen, the holiday cheer with the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Man, I heard some of my favorite Christmas songs on the way coming back from Tallahassee the other day, and it was it it was it was tremendous. Love it, love it, love it. All right, just to finish a thought about Texas State. And again, I understand Texas, the Cajuns own Texas State. I understand they're four and seven and they're not a great football team. But but Texas State in the middle of October went to Troy, arguably the best team in the league, or one of them, and lost 17 14. Then they went to, then they played Southern Miss at home. They didn't go to, but they played Southern Miss at home. The same Southern Miss team that crushed the Cajuns, and and they beat and they lost to them twenty to fourteen. 17 14, 20 to fourteen. That's not that bad. Then they played Monroe in the on the road and lost to them 31-30. Now you say, well, Monroe's not good. Well, the Cajuns lost to Monroe too. You say, well, Monroe's not good. I agree. Texas State's not good, but they lost to them 31-30. Wasn't that bad? Then they went to Mobile. They lost 38-21, and South Alabama's just better than them. And then last week, they played Arkansas State, beat them at home 16-30. Again, I'm not confusing Texas State for a good football team. I'm just saying it's not like when they've played some of the better teams in the league that they're just getting blown out. They went to Troy. Lost by a field goal. It's not that bad. It's not. They played Southern Miss, who's, you know, middle of the pack. They lost by six points. So, again, I I just – I don't think people need to have this idea where they're just going to go over there and crush them. I mean, I hope they do. But they've competed in a lot of these games. That It doesn't look like they've given up is my point. We'll see what happens. Better lean on the running game is my is my advice. That'll do it for the first hour, another hour to follow. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers. World champion Houston Astros simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, we talk quite a bit about the Saints' victory over the Rams, which was... You know, great win. All wins are great. Um, you know, all wins don't mean anything moving forward, but in and of themselves, they can be great. Anytime the Saints beat the Rams, it's a good thing. I love it. Love beating the Rams. You know, love beating the Cheaters. Love beating the. T- love beating anybody who you know has been a huge rival of the Saints for decades going back to the time when they actually wore the mustard jerseys like they did yesterday's tremendous tremendous victory and that you beat the Rams and you know never really liked the Rams <laughs> I mean, again when when I was a kid they were just so physical they could run the ball and they beat you deep they'd run the ball down your throat and beat you deep 
with that with Jack Snow. I mean, I when JT Snow was in the major leagues, I was like, man, that's Jack Snow. Don't, don't you just hate Jack Snow? Just think Harold Jackson. And that cat ended up coaching for the Saints. Deep. Just beat you deep. And then Cullen Bryant, when he was third and one, they'd give it to Cullen Bryant. You had no chance. None. He would just He played for Colorado and he would just buffalo you and just physical downhill runner. Eric Dickerson, physical downhill runner. I remember the Saints beat Eric Dickerson and the Rams six to nothing one time. That was a great game. You know, people hate low-scoring games. Heard some people yesterday complaining about, oh, there were two games yesterday at three to three in the NFL. That's terrible. I wish the Saints could hold someone to three points. It's 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 nice being physical and good on the line of scrimmage like the Saints have been most of the last two years, except for when they play the Eagles. They're awful against the Eagles. But right now, seeing teams, seeing running games like the Rams and the Steelers get five and six yards on a on first down on a consistent basis, kind of makes me want to throw up. I kind of like a good old fashioned slobber knocker, six nothing game. Wouldn't that be awesome if the Saints beat? The cheaters, six to nothing. I can remember, speaking of going to Cheaterville, one of the few games I've ever missed for the Saints in my lifetime, it was the day that um, my grandfather died. It was his funeral, and so I missed the game. And the Saints went to, well, then it was Cheetle Stick, and um, they won 11 to 7. I would love to be able to play the kind of defense that it requires Sunday to win eleven to seven. Wouldn't that be awesome? You say, "Oh, that's terrible." No, no, I don't. I don't need all that fancy offense to enjoy it. I, I like being physical on the line of scrimmage. I like the other team struggling to run the football, which hadn't been the case at all this season, other than the Raiders. Other than the Raiders game, it's about it. I would love that, and I mean that's all, I don't I don't you know, I don't want to talk about Sunday. It's just too depressing. But anyway, uh, again, anybody any thoughts anyone has from the Saints' uh, victory yesterday over the Rams? Again, they got you. You saw Batman. I didn't think they got good pressure early in that game, but they obviously got really good pressure late. I think it's fun. Run. The, the funnest part of football for me as a fan is when my team, the team I'm rooting for has a lead and you either one run the ball down someone's throat with the lead, which the saints don't have the ability to do right now because they don't have any running backs and two getting after the other team's quarterback with a lead and getting sacks. Now, again, it didn't happen a lot early on, but it did happen Late, and they were able to crush him late and stomp out any, you know, comeback attempts late by getting sack after sack after sack, which is good. By the way, did you hear the stat, which is just, you hear stats sometimes, and your mind just says, how how is that even possible? Like, how is it even possible? Did y'all hear this statistic yesterday? Since week three. The Saints lead the NFL in sacks. 
think about that. How is that even possible? I don't feel like they ever pressure the quarterback. It doesn't seem like they ever get pressure on the quarterback. Since week three, apparently it's true, people are saying it, that the Saints lead the NFL in sacks. How is that even possible? How is that even possible? Because most of us think that the defensive line has done the worst job it could po- Like, that's been the most disappointing part of the whole team. Because until recently, they've mostly been healthy and mostly done nothing. At least that's in the games we're watching. Sometimes you hear statistics like that in your mind, and, and you're like, what? <laughs> what? How is this possible? But apparently it's true. They keep saying it. But whether it's true or not, and whether it's real or not, you know, again, it, they, they, I don't know. Getting some players back, maybe. I don't know if they're ever going to get anyone back. Some, most, these guys get hurt, and the initial report or the initial diagnosis is two to three weeks, and some of them never play again. Oh, it's not that serious. They'll be back in two or three weeks. Six weeks later, they no, no, not, not even no sign of them at all. None. Like, don't even. You never even hear their names. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. But any thoughts you have on the Saints, good, bad, or whatever? Certainly feel free to call the game hotline 706-0111, 706-0111. We talk quite a bit about the Cajun situation right now. Again, if they beat Texas State, they'll have a chance to get that six win, which what that does is it gets you in a bowl, but it also gives you a chance to have a winning season. Because if you win that, if you beat Texas State and you win the bowl game, if you get in, um. Then you can win. Then you have a winning season. That's something. I mean, I know you know the Cajuns won a lot of game, a lot of close games the last few years, and that made a lot of people feel like they're this elite program, and that going seven and six and winning a bowl game is beneath them, and all that. I. That's elitist talk. I just. If if. Um, if they can figure out a way to beat Texas State again and they win a bowl game, should they have botched the Monroe game? No, they should have won that game. You say, well, should they have botched the Troy game? Probably not. Maybe should have won that game. Could they have beaten South Alabama with a couple more plays? Absolutely. Looked like they were going to win that game. But, you know, they were due to lose close games. You know, medicine season is really a pro sports thing. But if the, not really a college thing, but I think it does apply to the Cajuns this year. They've won a, they were very, 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 very fortunate to be 13 and one in one score games over the previous two seasons. That was not going to continue. That is not sustainable to consistently win every close game you play with the exception of one. That, that's not sustainable. It doesn't work that way. you got to pay the piper on that. You have to. 
So if their medicine season this year is a winning season and a bowl win, that's pretty good. Could have been better, yeah, but pretty good. Now, again, you got to win two more games to do that. I don't know that that's going to happen. But if you do it, then that will be to their credit. The one thing that, again, whether it's just talk, whether it's just player version of coach speak or not, they 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 seem to be mentally tough. I mean, I, again, yes, on after Saturday's game, the players that they're choosing the players. I mean, they're not choosing someone who's not going to, quote, unquote, say the right things. But it's not just a this year thing. It's been like this for at least four seasons in that, they say that they all love one another. They all play for one another. They they just seem to have that next play, next practice mentality that overcomes a lot of the noise that's out there, good or bad. And they were preaching that right away on Saturday after getting crushed. They were preaching it right away on Saturday that, you know, they're all together. They've never been any closer. They love playing with one another. And again, they seem to have the intangibles still seem to be as strong as ever. Now, the execution in certain areas may not be as strong as ever, but the intangibles on this team, which is something Coach Napier constantly talked about and Coach Dez certainly believes in and, and has continued, seem to be as strong as ever. It just seems that way. Again, maybe they're all lying. Possibly. But if they go out and handle Texas State like they always seem to do and play a good football game on Saturday, then it'd be hard to argue that the intangibles are still there. They just are. They're still strong. They just have to get, you know, get a little better with the execution in, in in this area or that area. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully they they can make their field goals because you don't want that to be costly. Uh, and hopefully you don't have one of these turnover fest like you did two years ago when you went to San Marcos because I don't think this team can overcome. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. Yesterday in the NFL, the Saints won. And really, obviously, if you're a Saints fan, then that's the number one most important thing. Um, but it was a strange day in the NFL yesterday, folks. A strange day. Like, I don't know that anybody's shocked that the Cowboys beat the Vikings, but 40-3. to three. Now, get this. The Vikings were, again, it's not who you play. It's when you play them. The Vikings played an exhausting, physically and mentally, an exhausting game at Buffalo the week before, and it was, it was just like, if there was ever a time to play the Vikings, it was the it was the week after that game. Because, one, you're all flying high. You just beat the Bills, a team that everyone is convinced is the best team in the league, regardless of their record. And it's, you know, 
and 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 you won. It was emotionally and physically draining football game. So the week after, they were going to be in trouble. But I, there's trouble, and there's getting beat forty to three at home. That's too. I mean, wow. Like they took a circumstance game to a whole new level. They got beat forty to three. Whew. If you don't believe in circumstance games, then you're just not paying attention after watching that one. I mean, that was like they were just spent. Now, the problem is that one circumstance game can mess with you just like a medicine season can mess with you if you don't understand what it is and handle it properly. That's where intangibles come in. You know, you say, well, why are you talking about intangibles? You're talking about football. But that's where intangibles come in if you don't handle that properly. I don't even, I'd have to look at it. I don't even know who the Vikings play next week. But again, the the Cowboys caught the Vikings in the perfect time. But it wasn't just that game. Like the Eagles almost lost to the Colts. They were losing the whole game. The Eagles. I mean, again, all this silliness about going, they're not going to, they were not going to go undefeated. That was, that was not going to happen. But they almost lost to them. There was, there was, it, it was a, it was a little bit of a strange. Now, you know, I mentioned earlier there was a low scoring game. Is anybody really surprised that the Patriots beat the Jets? Now, how they do it, you might say, is a little surprising. But the the, the Patriots play pretty good defense. I know y'all all think Bill Belichick's an idiot now because Tom Brady tucktailed when he wasn't holding all the cards. But, I mean, come on. He's not an idiot. They still know how to play defense there. And they played really good defense yesterday and uh, you know, I think I think the Jets have a good defensive team. I just think the Patriots know how to play defense. They just do. All right, before we get to our next timeout, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Vikings play the Patriots on Thursday. Oh, that's true. That's one of the Thursday games. I think the Patriots are in trouble. You think the Patriots are in trouble? No, 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 no. I think the Vikings are in trouble because that's a short turnaround. That ain't good. Yeah. Um, who knows, man? I, I heard uh, someone say. I heard someone say last week that the Vikings are going to represent the NFC. Um, if that's the case, maybe they could look to the 1994 season when the uh, 49ers got blown out by the Eagles, 40 to eight. Maybe that is just one of those type of games. I do. I, look, if the Saints can, I mean, the Saints aren't going to the playoffs and they aren't going to get healthy because that's just where they are right now as a franchise. Well, but if, no, but if the Saints, excuse, if, if the Saints would get healthy, I wouldn't mind playing the Vikings. Other than we have, other than we have a history of total heartache, so I get that part. But in terms of one team versus the other team, I, I wouldn't mind playing the Vikings. Yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, last night, man, I, I knew the Chiefs were going to win that game. I knew they were, they, you know, they weren't going to lose that game. But San Diego, well, excuse me, Los Angeles gave them too much time, man. The Chargers gave them too much time, and uh, that's that's how the Chargers lose. Yeah, and another thing too, why the Chargers are playing back to back to back games on uh, Sunday night? Didn't Who they knows? play last week against Forty Nine? 
Um, yes. That, that's what was that a was this a flex game? Uh, it might have been, but I don't know that for sure. I don't know. Uh, Chargers, man. I don't, that's crazy how that team. And you know what? The Chargers been doing that for at least the last two or three seasons, where they just they're into games and they just lose games at the last second. They've been doing that for twenty years. I mean, they're they're one of the their most <laughs> frustrating teams ever. Yes, the Chargers. They're they're right. good enough to frustrate you consistently. Hackett, yes. Is he gone? Who's that? Hackett. Uh, I think he's in trouble, yeah. I think he's in trouble. Yeah, I think he's in trouble. All right, thank you. Oh, thank you for the call. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving, number one. Don't drop a fully frozen turkey into the deep fryer. So please do us all a favor and don't blow up your house this Thanksgiving. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, want to remind you, if you are all fired up about the World Cup, you can watch World Cup action on Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette, free over there on KLWB Channel 50.3 and Cox Channel 19. For Lake Charles listeners, World Cup fans can watch Telemundo Lake, Lake Charles free over the air on channel 19.2 and suddenly channel 137 all the world cup action you can catch on delta media all right again the game hotline is 706-0111 706-0111 i was speaking about the day in the nfl yesterday uh the lions Again, I think most of us outside of New York have have been at least mildly impressed, if not very impressed, with what the Giants have done and the impact that Brian Dayball has had on the Giants. And yet, still a little, like, oh, are they really that good? No, they're, I don't know if they're really that good. And the Lions just took it to them yesterday. Just took it to them. Um, the Lions, the Lions' offense, with a few exceptions, has been mostly pretty good this year. Their problem is they're just miserable on defense. But they made big plays yesterday. They got sacks and interceptions, and um, they did some good stuff. They forced turnovers and made some big plays. And so we'll see now. You know, and and. I, I, I've, I've heard more, more than one person say it, so I'm sure it's true. I haven't actually looked it up to really detail it. But I keep hearing people say that the Giants' schedule is about to get very difficult. And so, again, sometimes the schedule works in your favor. But now, you know, it's – we'll see what they can do. I think they've done a lot of good things. They're running the football. They mostly played good defense. And it's worked out for him. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, to Jay's point, and I should have remembered that because I actually saw the Thanksgiving schedule being advertised this morning. But Thursday football is brutal. 
Now, on one hand, like if they'd have played a game that went to deep into the fourth quarter, the Vikings would have been probably in worse shape to kind of rebound. The when you get beat forty three, it's pretty easy to rebound from. <laughs> probably just throw the tape in the in the trash and and move on. And I know they don't really gonna do that, but it's easy to wipe it away, and yet you still have only what two days really to prepare. There's only so, and, and you and physically you don't do anything on these short weeks. So, um, I don't know. It's going to be uh, these Thursday games are going to be interesting. Like the Bills, to their credit. Played the same physically draining and emotionally draining game that the Vikings did. And they fell behind early and found a way to win. Scoring 31 points without Josh Allen being Josh Allen. Most people have been predicting the Bills to be the Super Bowl champion from the beginning. And I get why. They have three losses. But yesterday, if Josh Allen does not regain his health, then they're not going to win. Okay, But if Josh Allen ends up being reasonably healthy down the stretch, his injury might be a huge blessing in disguise because it almost forced them somewhat to lean on their running game, which they had to have. You have to be able to run the football. And they were able to do that yesterday. That might be a huge blessing in disguise. Now, it might not help my fantasy team, but it might be a huge blessing in disguise for the Bills' chances of actually getting to the Super Bowl. You have to be able to run the ball, especially in January. And they 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 kind of had to do that yesterday, and it worked. So we'll see how that plays out. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Man, and I was all upset. I played against Allen this week, and when they moved him from the snowy confounds of Buffalo, not only West, but in a dome stadium. I'm thinking this guy's going to light me up now. And what do you have? One touchdown? Didn't run anything in. And like I think you're right, Kevin. They're discovering they act. They've tried for five years to get rid of Singletary or to get his replacement. And that cat can flat out ball if they just give him the ball. That's the crazy part. So they're going to be a handful. Their defense is what's letting them down right now. And I think that'll come around. Injuries are plaguing. But they shut down Chubb yesterday. Did he get hurt and I not know about it? Because he didn't do anything yesterday. He's been the most consistent running back in the NFL this season. Well, and and they've they've actually been – that's been the weak spot of Buffalo is being able to run against them. But I think they just simply game plan saying he's not going to beat us. And that's I think that's why Cooper had such a big game. So you, you pick your poison. That's the Bill Belichick style. Don't let your best player beat you. And even if they get their points, they're not going to get as many because you shut their best player down. But that was surprising. In fact, I was thinking Chubb would have been a great play had they played in the snow. I was thinking that was going to be one of those two-hour games, you know, and both teams ran the ball. That New England game was like that. I don't think people realize how bad the weather was. Even though it wasn't snowing, it was windy and blustery, and it it affected everything, the kicking game, the throwing game. And how'd you like to sit through that? Oh, I'd love it. I love playing defense. 3-3. Three, three, three. Look, it's easy in the Dome. And we, when we used to watch the Saints and their great defense play these 10-7 to seven 
you know, defensive struggles. But when you're sitting out in, in 12 degree weather, it, it, it isn't as fun watching a three to three football game. So unless you live in Green Bay and they just like being crazy and drunk. So, but it was, it, look, here's, here's my Saints takeaway. And because I struggled to watch that game, Kevin, I thought it was bad. I know we won, but there were stretches where we were running this high school offense. I'm so sick of us throwing behind the sticks. On third and eight, we throw for two But that's yards. what Andy I'm Dalton just, is. That's what he is. Look, I know. I think it's inexcusable that we're not seeing what we have in Winston. And I was the guy calling for Dalton early in the year. And I'm at a point now, I was telling Hannah, I said it's kind of easy because I don't want to say I don't care if they win because I do. But I went into that game watching truthfully more worried about my fantasy team than the Saints team because I've kind of thrown in the towel on this season with the Saints. And that's sacrilegious to say, but that's just the reality of it. But in looking at it that way, it's opened my eyes to a few facts. One, we've got some really, really good young talent on this team. I mean, the cornerback we drafted this year that everybody was complaining about, he's a baller. We found a replacement at kick returner or punt returner. He can uh, – a lot – you've been saying – uh, whoever comes to this team or if Allen can somehow turn it around and coach a little better, they've got the young talent on this team, I think, as a nucleus to succeed. I think Werner's a future pro, not only a pro bowler, an all pro. Werner is possibly our best defensive player. Again, everybody keeps so, telling me about this complete rebuild, and I'm like, we got good players at all these positions. They just got to play. <laughs> Somebody well, we just has healthy. to play. I'm so sick of. Of, uh, I mean, Pete's just become a, a, a $10 million liability. Uh, Michael Thomas gobbling up cap space. Uh, and what were, who was playing late yesterday when the game was out of hand and we're playing somebody, and my buddy and I are texting saying, what the heck is he even doing in the game right now? And running plays. It might have been when we were running the clock out. I'm like, give the ball to Jordan Howard or, or – or Johnson, somebody that doesn't really matter. And they, it's like they forget that we lost Michael Thomas for three years now because of the same stuff. Having him in a game when it was out of control or out of hand and, and his presence wasn't needed on the field. I'm trying to remember if, if that's what it was late in the game when we were running, if they were running Kamara. Or, I just didn't get it. I'm like, again, sometimes coaches are just brain dead and it frustrates me. But look, there is a whole lot of I could. I'm starting to easily see Sean Payton coming back to coach the Saints if they can somehow find a quarterback. Which I, to me, the quarterback solution is trading for Huntley from Baltimore. I think that cat can play, and he's just rotten on a bench. But uh, yeah. I don't think we have him on the team at right now as we currently are built. I don't think we have our starting quarterback, and I don't know where we're going to find one. So, I mean, do you want Garoppolo? Do you make a run at Garoppolo next year? Uh, I, I just don't see that as being that much better, and I don't think he's a bad quarterback. But it's a quarterback. If you don't stop the run, if somewhere. you don't learn how to stop the run again, it's not gonna matter. Like, yeah, it's, I, they have they, it's, they 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 were the best in the NFL at stopping the run for the last three or four years, and right now they have zero idea how to stop the run. Zero. It is well, awful. That's my most frustrating thing about this offseason, looking back. We had two really good safeties on our roster, and we let them both go away. Understandably why, money, discontent, all that. 
but we weren't playing uh, Chauncey Gardner at safety. We had him up at the cyber thing. He's got he's leading the league in interceptions playing. So we had a safety there. We had Williams, who I think people are starting to appreciate him a little bit more now that he's gone. You know, we and and because I think all three of the safeties that we picked up in this offseason suck. I mean, I'm the Tyron Matthews. I don't care if he walks next year. I just don't think he's playing good ball right now. He he can't stop the run. He doesn't want to stick his head in there and stop the run. I, I don't think I've heard May's name called since opening day, and then I'm trying to remember the other safety they signed, and I'm like, none of them. Well, Evans played a lot early, but he hasn't done anything in in a month. I mean, he doesn't even see the field anymore. Yeah, it's again, it's extremely frustrating. I do think there is depth on the on the D line if they could stay healthy. Something's going on, and I, a buddy of mine texted me. There's a lawsuit right now in the NFL, and it pertains to turf. And there's like seven stadiums with this particular turf and they've got data to back it up that there are more injuries on these turfs than other field surfaces around the league and data doesn't lie so and the superdome is one of those buildings with this particular turf so i don't know if that's going to play rear its ugly head in the future but that's something there's a reason we we've been dealing with injuries now it seems like for a decade it's amazing. All lower extremities, uh, mostly linemen. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it really is amazing. It's frustrating as all get up too, because like you said, Turner's finally playing well, and what happens? He's hurt. I mean, it's a I'm fluke thing. Some they roll up on him. I mean, it's just. Uh, it, 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 anyway, it, I do think there's a good core talent. The game was a lot easier to watch. Not really. I wanted to win, but I didn't care if we lost. And I hate to say that as a diehard Saints fan, but playing the Rams, I, I you know I want to win every game. But anyway, let, let, yeah. I got to get to a I got to get to a break. Thanks, Joey. All right, bro. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. We'll take a time out. Be back on the game. Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving number twenty two. Bringing canned cranberry sauce to the family feast is not acceptable. So leave the canned purple stuff on the shelf. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Game hotline 706 706-0111. 706-0111. Want to remind you, and we, came, again, came up on an example earlier with our Christmas comes early sweepstakes. Can't win all these great prizes, either the regular ones or the seasonal ones, if you don't join the Game Rewards Club. So, want to encourage you to do so today where you could win anytime a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen there or a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. So if you want to be eligible for these great prizes, you've got to join the game clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have two scenarios I want to give you for the Saints quarterback 
situation for next year and kind of get your opinion on which you would prefer, okay. if any. So if uh, with Tyler Huntley's injury, not, not Tyler Huntley, with Hendon Hooker's injury, if he falls to the second round, would you rather the Saints pick him up or go after a quarterback in free agency next year like Tyler Huntley, like a mobile quarterback, something we haven't had before? I'll hang up and I'll get your opinion on that. Fascinating question. Thanks for the call. Look, I, and Joey said Tyler Huntley too. I. I'm I am not anti running quarterback as much as I used to be, but the problem is you have to you have to go all in on that. You you know you have your whole offensive philosophy would have to change. I, I, I would be more willing to do that if as if they would just like get rid of Dennis Allen, the coaching staff, and come in with, you know, a different coaching staff who's got experience doing that. I just I just don't know if you're set up for it. I'm not against it, but I don't know if you're set up for having a running quarterback. Um again, Tyler Huntley played very well when he's played, but he plays on a very unique football team. Like there's only one other team, maybe one other team in the whole league that plays the kind of football. Maybe two in the whole league and the Saints aren't one of them. So I don't know, I don't, you know, Tyler Huntley's a popular name, and he had, again, he, when he's played, he's played well, but we have zero idea how he would fit into what the Saints are doing. So one, for it to be Tyler Huntley, you'd have to completely change your offense, I think, completely change. Not saying it's not doable, but you have to make that. Um, as far as Hooker, you know, it's just it may work out great, but I mean the Saints have so many injuries. You're gonna you know draft a, an injured quarterback on him because he got this one bad injury. Doesn't mean he's injury prone. I get that. I um I guess, but again, how would the Saints even get him? Really, I I, I don't know that. I don't know because even if. They get a draft pick for the quitter, deciding he wants to prove that he's a quitter and coach this year, um, and that there was never any retirement in that whole scenario. It's going to be so low that how are you going to get him? But, again, I know we're talking about scenarios here. You know me. If you've heard me, I don't, I don't want any part of rookie quarterbacks. And I've said that for decades. And the reason why is one to get one for the most part, you have to be really, really bad. I don't like being really, really bad and drafted in the top five. Now Lamar Jackson was drafted at the end of the first round. So you didn't have to be really, really bad and they got one. But again, Lamar Jackson is completely different than everybody else. Completely different. You have to have a completely unique offense. I don't know that they have. If we, uh, I don't know that the Saints are willing or able to to pull that off. Now, look, there are quarterbacks out there who are not elite, but that are NFL quarterbacks. 
Like someone brought up an, uh, one over to the weekend this past week to me. Jared Goff. Is Jared Goff a good NFL quarterback? No. He's certainly not upper half. Cats played in a Super Bowl. He's won playoff games. He's not horrible. So you, know, you could maybe get someone like him. Um, You know, there are older, not real old, but guys who are young enough who have done enough in the league that maybe you could get away with it. And, and you know, I mean, has Mitchell Trubisky ever played on a good offense? Never. He's never played on a good offensive football team. He's never played where he had a good offensive line, not one time. He's not played one game as an NFL quarterback with two teams now where he had a good offensive line. He's had one of the worst offensive lines in football every game he's ever played in the NFL. So is it possible that Mitchell Trubisky is actually a pretty decent NFL quarterback, but he's just never been on a good offense and he's never had a good offensive line. Of course, when he comes to New Orleans, they might have some talent on the offensive line, a bunch of first-round picks, but they're all hurt all the time. So, I mean, that's a whole different issue. But um, what if Kyle Turley's really good? You have four first-round picks on your offensive line. It's built the right way. That's why this whole, the Saints need a complete rebuild. I don't even understand that thinking. I mean, I, my mind, you're young. You're still young at quarterback. You got one you got one old, one young linebacker. You are, you're not old at safety except for one, but, you know, you got some work to do at safety. Gonna, got, need a draft to safety, no question. You got good young wide receivers. You need to get a running back, but you've been needing to get one. You know, if they were undefeated right now, they'd still need a running back. Still, they've been needing a running back for a year and a half, and they refuse to get one. Refuse to. I don't get it. So there's good pieces all over this team. They've got a, well, Will Lutz is still relatively young. He's done okay. They've got an, a, a really good pun, young punter, a really good when he's not missing easy field goals. Still, you, you still think you got or the potential for an above-average kicker. There's a lot of good pieces. Uh, but, again, you got to find a way to stay healthy, and you got to fix the safety situation. During the whole offseason, we kept saying, my biggest concern, my number one concern was the safeties have got to get on the same page early on. That's what, we said, that's what I said the whole offseason. Once they got, once we had an idea who the safeties were, and it comes to, and, and as it turned out, they were not on the same page, and they and they apparently just not good. So the new safeties was the big question mark, and it turns out that they are horrible. I mean, that's what it looks like anyway. So they've got, you know, you want to talk about we need to start over, we need to rebuild, we need to rebuild the safety position. But I don't think there's a major rebuild anywhere else. They need to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback, no question, and the safety position. Everywhere else on the team, if you're healthy, you're fine. If you're reasonably healthy, you're fine. But um, they got, I mean, those that has to be addressed, no question, no matter what happens from here on out in the offseason. And, and it's Again, to answer his question 
I'd rather get a veteran. I, I just would. I, I just I just would. Because I don't think they're going to better get Hooker anyway. I don't know how they, how they would get him. But in general, I've always been, I'd rather a, a veteran who's been through it, good or bad, than, than to go through what the Jets are going through with Zach Wilson right now. I want no part of that. None. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back, finish out today's show next on The Game. Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving number 37. If you're eating your weight in fixins, then make sure you're dressed appropriately. So pull out the stretchy pants this Thanksgiving. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Two footnotes on the game. Oh, yes. I I echo that last sentiment. It took me a while until I got old, when I got older and fat that I realized that elastic pants is way better than sliced bread, way better than sliced bread. I could slice my own bread if I needed to. But elastic pants, that's, that's the ticket. By the way, your Alexa or Google Home speakers, can it helps you out around the house. It allows you to control your lights and thermostat and music and all kind of things. It can also help you enjoy the game. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game, 1037 Laviette, 1041 Lake Charles, with you at your office, your home, and everywhere you go. You know, Hannah's probably never seen the Jetsons. Have either of y'all ever seen the Jetsons? Like, they were doing this Alexa stuff, like, back in the 70s with the Jetsons. They would just punch a button or say something, and the food would come out. So we need to, in addition to music and lights and thermostat, we need to figure this out on the food part of this, too. Like, I like that. Put butter on my Pop-Tarts, Alexa. Let's go. That's what I needed this morning. I did bagels instead, which is not bad, but... um, of course, the Saints won yesterday. I, I you know, I, I, I was able to enjoy a Sunday evening of oh, we won. You know, it hadn't been a lot of that oh, won. Of course, it looked like the Broncos were going to win, and they lost again. Ain't been too many double win seasons. You know, the Broncos ain't won many games. The Saints ain't won many games. So it's um, it's not been. It's been way too much angst on Sunday evening. In our household, let's put it that way, for sure. Um, But, you know, the questions and the commentary that we got today, it's kind of where the Saints are. It's it's upsetting that it's, you know, at Thanksgiving and it seems like you're already looking towards next season. But, I mean, that's where the Saints are. And so, you want to win. I still want to win. Still going to watch every play that I possibly can. I still want to win. But you you do have to think about next year too, which is why I just watching Andy Dalton play. Just, I mean, it just hit me because I haven't even considered it. Is Andy Dalton going to be the opening day starting quarterback for the Saints next year? Is that really going to happen? You know, I just now seriously, it's the first time that that even came into my mind. Are they thinking that Andy Dalton is going to be the starting quarterback to open the season next year? I never considered that one time until like 20 seconds ago. Are they really? Is that what they're going to do? Really? Cat <sighs> better learn how to throw the ball away, and he better learn how to start throwing deep more often. 
I don't need a 50. I mean, he better stop checking down if that's the case. He's got to, he's got to do better at that stuff. He's got to. Appreciate all the phone calls. Y'all have a nice day.